Happy New Year! I'm back. Welcome to a brand new season on the Chronicles of She. Let's talk about R. Kelly. Now, you know last night was the premiere of Surviving R. Kelly Part 2 The Reckoning. And oh my gosh, y'all, this is some crazy-ish that I'm going to be talking about. Now, Part 2 dives deeper into the backstory of R. Kelly's childhood. We're going to hear from the survivors. And we got new survivors coming too. As well as what has the women have to endure since the premiere of Part 1 of Surviving R. Kelly. Now, the Part 1 of the documentary started off with Bruce in prison. He's in Vienna, Illinois, at the correctional facility. He's still in prison. And we got a different side of him this time. He seems a lot more in tune with what is happening with R. Kelly. And he feels sympathy for his brother. And he also put it out there that he will support him with no matter what the outcome is. But... We're now getting into the nitty-gritty of his childhood and what he has endured. Now, as in the first documentary, R. Kelly and his family moved out of the projects to another neighborhood. I guess it was 60635 Street. And there is where their childhood got turned upside down. This is where everything... in Bruce's words, impacted their lives. And mm, we heard from Carrie, too. And they, both Carrie and Bruce, describe R. Kelly, a.k.a. Robert Sylvester, as a quiet, meek child. He stayed to himself. He most of the time was a frail body child. He sought comfort in making music than playing outside. Both Bruce and Carrie were well known in the neighborhood, but not Robert. Robert was more of the homebody. He stayed home and he played with his music. He found solace in it. And one of the things that Bruce touched upon was he cannot handle pressure he can never ever handle it music is one of the comforts that actually kept him safe from the outside world as he put it and now Bruce is talking about the things that he could not talk about in the first part of the documentary about what happened to him when R. Kelly was 8 to 14 years old And we hear Carrie's side of the story, too. Now, when they spoke about this, oh, my stomach fell straight into my stomach when they started talking about this part. I heard Carrie's side of the story on Unwind with Tasha K about what he endured at the hands of a family member. And it was horrible. With R. Kelly, it was completely different, though. 
he and Bruce were talking about it, and Kelly, R. Kelly, expressed that he liked it, which was scary and confusing for him. And I could even tell by the look on Bruce's face when he was talking about the family member that he, he, he couldn't even bring himself to tell who the person was because of who they are. And for those of you who know, you know who I'm talking about. It was their sister. That's what Bruce couldn't say. It was their sister that was molesting Robert and Carrie. He couldn't bring himself to say it. I was holding on to that, oh, that feeling. It said, come on, Bruce, come on. You got to say it. Come on. He could not. Because in his eyes, he looked so freaking broken, y'all. It's crazy. And, and it's sad because... Carrie tells his side of the story too in detail of what happened with him and his sister. That when it would happen, Carrie would try to imagine himself elsewhere. At the park or playing with his brothers. It's just, it was heavy. Real heavy. And the confusion that he, he felt it was it was horrible especially with what Robert had to endure as well now this is not me siding with him this is just this is me explaining what I learned and the pain that they endured as well because look I'm an empathetic person I can understand Turns out there was not, it was not just the sister doing this. There was another person that was molesting them. Goes by the name of Mr. Henry. Henry was the neighborhood uncle, so to speak. And he would um, sell fruit in the neighborhood to the kids and their families. And he took a particular liking to the Kelly kids. As Carrie, Bruce, describe it as that he was like he was a neighborhood guy. He was a neighborhood uncle, but that was just a mass in plain sight. There was one day that he invited them to his house and he was walking around in his underwear and the boys were confused. Like, are you going to put your clothes on? What you doing? And he exposed them. He exposed himself to them. And as Carrie described it, they were toppling over each other to get out of that room. They like they were fighting for their lives. Like, and he was screaming out the word, don't tell nobody. Don't you tell nobody. Mm. And what happened next? Y'all are going to flip the F. That was not the last time Robert 
and Mr. Henry saw each other. Robert was still going over to Mr. Henry's house. And the second time he touched Robert inappropriately and exposed himself to him. And somebody told their mom. Uh-huh. And a couple of the neighborhood guys found Mr. Henry and beat his ass in the street as mm, yes. When I heard this, like, yes, beat his ass. Beat his ass in the street until he was bloody, until the police came, and then they acted like, oh no, we didn't do nothing. He was carted off to jail, and Robert's mother pressed charges against him. And they were supposed to go to court. Mr. Henry got bonded out. And he offered. He offered Mrs. Kelly 10. No, it's Miss Kelly. Excuse me. $10,000 for her not to appear in court. And she took it. When I heard that. That is where the first effect, the first thing that we would see in his adult years came about. You can make anything go away with money. Now, I know, no, 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 I'm not even going to say this. What kind of mother would take money from a predator. Bruce had explained that she was she was a single mom. She was going to school. She was raising four children by herself. And $10,000 was a lot of money back then and she needed it. But no, Mm-mm. no, no, you cannot, you could not pay me enough money in the world to choose that over my child. To choose to forget what you did to my kid. Point blank period. Bruce was broken. When he talked about that. Like oh my. Like yeah. There was not enough. There's not enough money in the world. That you could pay me. For my child's silence. Fuck that. Mm. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah I'm getting a little angry so. (sighs) Uh, that was the first effect and him seeing that it added right to his persona money can make anything go away next we hear about we're here from the survivors first up was Faith Rogers and her family Faith has endured a lot of crap from not only being threatened, she now has seizure disorder, and her family is worried for her life. Now, sitting down with Mr. and Mrs. Rogers, they are a very tight-knit family. They're very down-to-earth, and they're loving, and this has taken a complete toll on them after hearing that their daughter was with this man and 
I could tell Faith is she's ashamed of herself. She has she feels like how she could have questioned everything. And my heart my heart broke for her. And for Jeronda and Asante and the the new survivors that have come forward. Their names are Tiffany Hawkins and Ebony Wilkins. And they're also friends of oh my goodness, what is that other girl's name? I'm sorry. Y'all, this is just a lot to process, but I know her because they they were all friends with Aaliyah. This, this is just some heavy, this is some heavy shit. Like, I'm telling you, last night, after watching this, I could feel my stomach just, oh. It, it was crazy. And now we're talking about, in, in this documentary, they're talking about, like, the backlash that the women have endured from the public. Did you know Jeronda Pace was threatened at a mall by a checkout girl? Saying, oh, this is that bitch from the documentary. Saying, oh, we gonna beat you up for talking on him. Excuse me. What she said was the truth. You cannot fix something like this. You cannot. And this was in front of her kids. She had to get the heck out of there. She had to grab her kids and get out of that mall before something bad happened. Asante, she's endured death threats. And they delved deeper into the premiere of that night. This was the first night that Asante McGee, Jeronda Pace, Lisa, Dan Allen, Lizette Martinez, and Kitty Jones had ever met each other. This was supposed to be a good night for them. This was to bring in the awareness and to show that they're not scared of this man. But that night, it changed the course of everything to know that there are people out here in his camp that are not willing to let these women talk and kitty jones had also mentioned something very important when the threat was made now they were all getting into the they were all getting into the room getting ready to watch the film when somebody came in calmly and said everybody we have to evacuate the building there's the bomb threat kitty said there is something powerful in this documentary that someone does not want told I wonder what that is. It's either about the child sexual abuse, the herpes, if it is the herpes, third, about the girl. Yeah, we learned about the girl too in this, but I'm not going to get to that just yet. I'm still on the premiere in the threats. Faith after she left the premiere to go back to the hotel, her mother was confronted in the lobby by a woman. And she said, hello, Mrs. Rogers. And she said, who are you? Don't worry about who I am. Just know that I have information on your daughter. And her mother, at this point, she's having anxiety. She had to go upstairs to tell her daughter. But by then, Faith had already gotten the text. And they wanted to meet her alone and her mom said you are not meeting these people alone they could be anybody tell them to meet you 
at Applebee's. They all went to Applebee's and I guess security was there and let them know. It's like, look, we got this thing secured. Everything will be fine. The woman came over and she told them that she had pictures and videos of Faith on her phone and to stop talking about Robert unless she wants the pictures known if she wants the pictures posted and Faith who is now suffering from anxiety and she has seizures she said do whatever you want I'm not scared and then they left these people have endured being stalked people taking pictures outside of their house and their daughter, she's, oh my goodness. And she's only, this girl's only 22 years old. Like, come on, man. Like, this should not be her life. She should be having fun. She should making her mark in the world, but not like this. Like, come on. And, what else? Sorry. Y'all, this is, this is a lot to process. And it's just, it's making my, it's making my freaking skin crawl. That's all I have to say. Oh my gosh. It's difficult. (sighs) The story of R. Kelly gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper each day something new comes to light. Now, with the new victims coming forward, there are Tiffany Hawkins and Ebony Wilkins. Tiffany was the first girl to be with him. And, well, she was the first person, well, first girl that he had discovered. And she lived with him. Tiffany, he, what he often goes for is for women who are broken. Or have something in their past that makes them vulnerable. That's how he's easily able to get in. He preyed on Tiffany. Tiffany's mother was in a domestic violent relationship. And Tiffany stated that her mom did not protect her like she should have. And she became very close with Robert. He let her stay in his apartment. He got her clothes, food. She felt safe with him. Tiffany, but Tiffany saw things in in this in his life that no one knew to this day. He would ask her to bring home her friends, like come to the studio and to hang out. She was the first person to do that. And there was a night in particular when her friends came over and they were in the bedroom Tiffany had walked out a couple times and then when she came back he was having sex with each of these girls who were 13 to 16 years old it was an orgy a freaking orgy oh my Mm. That right there made my freaking skin crawl. Like, oh my gosh. She was having sex with 
just playing leapfrog on the dick. Oh my. Ugh. And Tiff, Tiffany was a witness to it. And she, and after that, he did have his way with her and another young lady, Ebony Wilkins. I've, I felt bad for Ebony because she, she was so young and Robert, here's, here's another thing that here's what he did with her. He, he made out with Ebony and fondled her and Ebony took it as like, oh, he's my boyfriend. He loves me. He must think I'm special. This asshole turned around and had sex with another woman. No, another, sorry. No, I'm not going to say woman because she was not a woman at the time. She, a young girl in front of her in the same room. Like, you took advantage of her and now you have sex with another girl in front of her. Like, that's disgusting. Like, he had no qualms of who he screwed over. He didn't care as long as he got what he wanted. Like, that's sick. Here's another part that's gonna blow your mind. And this one, this really had me scared for a minute. Harry talked about when he put out his he put out 12 play and he had he had a big poster of himself on his door and he said that dude powerful that dude powerful and Carrie thinking like what the hell are you talking about he's like you talk like are you talking about you yeah, he, he's powerful. He's like, he, 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 he made me do things I don't want to do. I'm like, what in the heck are you talking about? Like, oh my gosh, this dude is actually scared of himself. Like, he don't see that. Ah, like, it's a persona he's putting on, but he's scared uh, he's scared of himself almost like it's multiple personalities that scared the living sheesh out of me when Carrie talked about that that was the first time he ever said anything about that stuff like now we're getting the bigger picture here we're seeing a man who is not only sexually depraved he's mentally disturbed he is literally disturbed. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness gracious. Mm. This is this documentary is the deepest ish that we have come across. And uh, I'm going to be talking about it more in the next episode because tonight part part 3 is coming up with Dominique. I want to hear her side of the story and what has happened with her since then. Y'all, please pray that, I pray you got a strong stomach for this. I pray you got a strong stomach for this, like, for real. Y'all, y'all have a good, y'all have a good night. Y'all have a good day, whichever timing you're in right now. Because, (laughs) oh, 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 
Mm, mm, mm. It's some heavy ish, and I never wish this on anybody. Okay, y'all. Have a good day. Peace out. Happy New Year from the Chronicles of She. Mm-hmm.